The healthcare industry has undergone transformational change in the past 10 years, especially as it relates to the implementation of technology. Even so, there's much more to do and many companies are out there doing it, but you don't know about them. At Intrepid Healthcare, our podcast will bring you the crazy ones, the rebels, the troublemakers, the ones who see things differently. The people that are crazy enough to think they can change the world in healthcare. So sit tight and enjoy as we tell the story of another thought leading trailblazer. Welcome back to Intrepid Healthcare. I'm your host, Joe Lavelle. I'm really looking forward to this conversation with another trailblazing innovator. We're going to get right to it today. We're joined by Jeff Fritz, Director and CEO at Revel. Jeff, welcome to the show. Thanks, Joe. Nice to be here. Well, thanks so much for making the time to be here with us today. Before we start our discussion, Jeff, could you take a few seconds and tell the audience about you and your background? Yeah, I guess I've been accused of being a little bit of a serial entrepreneur. I tend to hang out in the insurance and healthcare space coupled with technology, and usually it's technology that serves large enterprise solutions in healthcare space. Perfect. And could you then take the next couple of minutes to provide our audience with a 10,000-foot overview of how you serve your customers at Revel? Sure, Joe. Revel is a company that focuses on two main aggregators of patients, patients and members. And aggregator one would be what we call a payer or a health insurance carrier or health plan. These are the household names that everybody has on their insurance ID card. Those are our customers. We're trying to help them do a better job. The second group that we focus on is the provider community. So these are the clinics and hospital systems that you have in your community or in your hometown. And they're often looking for ways to connect better with their patients before they need care and all the way through care and after care. And so those two main audience come together to serve a common population of members and patients. Jeff, I think we both can agree that communications in healthcare are extremely broken. Why do you think they're broken and what is the impact of that disconnect? There's generally still a lot of siloing that happens in the healthcare community. So when I say siloing, so many of these relationships between the insurance provider and the member, we call them members, or the provider community and their patients, those are still living in a very siloed environment. And within each one of those environments, there are sub-silos. So what one department might be communicating with a participant is very different than what another department is communicating with a participant. And oftentimes, what it leads to is just hundreds of messages. In one case, we found members that were receiving over 200 messages a year from their plans. There's got to be a better way to reach people that encourages action without this thing called member abrasion. So the impact of that member abrasion is just people start to tune out. They tune out a phone call. They tune out an email message. They tune out a text message if they're just being beat over the head with so many messages that don't apply to them. Right, and those messages aren't really coordinated with the type of care they need at that particular moment. On our show, I've talked a lot the past two years 
I've been the primary caregiver for my mother. I'll say coordinator of caregiving for my mother, who passed away in the spring. And she was really, really sick the last year and a half. And it was a full-time job to do that coordinating. And the thing that I'm stuck most about, I call it the throw-it-over-the-fence philosophy. As we went from one facility to another, they did just enough to get her on the ambulance and maybe throw a group of documents on her lap as she sped out to the next facility. And mm-hmm. it was completely up to me to learn about the new facility, how to interact with the new facility, how to teach them about her medications. And yeah. I know this is probably more than you guys take on, but just the coordinating within healthcare, it's throw it over the fence and let the next guy pick up from where you left off and figure it out. As I saw how much money was being spent on her care, it was infuriating that it wasn't better coordinated. So I really appreciate what you guys are doing. Well, I can hear it in your voice. It's exasperating to think of all of that struggle that you have in coordinating care for a loved one like that. And sorry to hear about her passing. What Revel does is we we don't claim to be experts in those heavy details about a file, for example, or what the next sophisticated treatment is going to be and how to communicate that. But what we do try to do is we try to offload a lot of the simpler communications so that those professionals are, and what they call it practicing at the top of your license, they're communicating at the top of their license. So That's great. they're not running around trying to tap into every single little nuance of the experience. They're focused on the very critical aspect of the communication that they need to. So if we can offload a lot of that, we're really making an impact in the healthcare system. Two terms that really struck out to me as I'm learning about your company, health engagement and health action. What's the difference between health engagement and health action and how do they relate to one another? Yeah, if I think about what my dad would say, it's one thing to get a fish on the line, it's another thing to get a fish in the boat. And I think we get a lot of fish on the line. What I mean by that is we can get people to open an email, we can get people to look at their phone when a text comes across, we can get people to pick up an IVR call, we can get people to open a piece of mail, but can we actually get them to do something based on that communication. And there's a big difference there. So one is engagement as a term has been loosely used. Their success is being claimed when they shouldn't be claimed, that engagement is the end and it's not the end. Once you have them engaged, we need to get the patient to do something that's good for them. So can I open a message about the flu season? Sure, but have I gotten my flu shot yet? No, so until I get my flu shot, I haven't taken the action that's intended yet. Got it. And that's what it's really all about, is helping whatever we want to call them, consumers, patients, members, take the right action that creates the least amount of frustration and gets them to wellness as fast as they can get, or keeps their wellness as high as it can be. Yeah, that's right. I was watching a program last night, and they were talking about how it's still 86% of claims are chronic conditions. So 86% of our healthcare spend is going towards chronic conditions. And the holy grail is how can we get ahead of those conditions being chronic? How can we predict in front of? And that's where communications often are 
they're not effectively used in order to get people to get in and get a screening or get in and get their annual wellness visit or share an experience that they have so that they get ahead of a chronic condition which really becomes expensive on the system. Healthcare gets criticized for bad communication but also for lack of innovation. What are some of the lessons we could learn in healthcare from other industries like retail that need to be incorporated into healthcare communications? Well, that's the beauty. We don't have to reinvent a lot. Most of the advanced technology solutions are already out there. They just need to be applied to healthcare. So when I look at what an Amazon does in communicating with me through my account on curating what I may want to purchase to make my life better, they're using advanced algorithms. They're using data science to do that. When I look at what the financial industry has gone through over the past 20 years with the centralization of records through credit bureaus and credit scoring, they've gone way ahead of what healthcare is able to do on understanding the profile of the individual to target individuals with not only the right communication, but the right products that fit their lives. So those two industries alone, when you look at online retail and you look at financial services, they're 10 plus years ahead of healthcare, and it's not that hard to pull those lessons forward into the healthcare environment. Absolutely. A couple of weeks ago, I have an 11-year-old son about to be 12 who plays baseball, and I was looking to purchase a portable pitching mound for our yard. So I went out to Facebook to a group I belong to of Travel Ball Dads is the name of the group and posted a question, where's the best place to get a portable pitching mount? And huh. Got a lot of good advice. Within a couple hours, I was on Instagram and got an ad from Amazon for portable pitching mounts. Uh-huh, uh-huh. That wasn't by chance. <laughs> no, it was, it was definitely not a coincidence that that was happening. So your point that organizations outside healthcare have figured this out, and I realized that our health information, we have to protect it a little more, but certainly we could do a lot better in terms of communicating and understanding what patients' needs are because we're putting those needs, our social determinants of health, out there on Facebook as well. When we're asking how do we cure our cold or our ear infection or that kind of thing as well. That's right. How do you feel the healthcare industry is doing in terms of health information exchange compared to five years ago or so? I think we still have a long ways to go. I worked on a project about 10 years ago that was very aspirational as far as trying to connect these systems together into not just a common exchange, a way to share files or share data with each other, but was there a centralized place? not dissimilar to what the financial industry did with companies like FICO in aggregating this data together. And those walls are so thick and heavy to release that information. And then once it's released, the format of it and the liquidity of it is very low. So it's still a world of flat file exchanges over SFTP for the nerds in the room. I think as it progresses, we all see a pathway towards secure services where somebody might be able to go into an emergency room, put a fingerprint down, and it accesses information from a bunch of different sources and puts it on a screen in front of the triage nurse. 
all the technology is out there to be able to do that. We just need to advance the notion that it should be connected. And the last point on that is there's still an ownership issue out there that these companies feel like they own data on the members. And until we switch over to where we all have an understanding that the member owns that information, and not only do they have the right to access that information, they have the right to access that in a uniform way that's very accessible. That's a little bit of a rant, and I'm preaching a little bit. But I, I, <laughs> well, you just got an amen for the audience here, Jeff. I couldn't agree with you more. And it's the same with providers. This sounds like a criticism, but the way we've made them feel is they own our data. And the fact is, it's our data. It's not the provider's data. They're supposed to shepherd that data. And we've got to somehow or another turn the tables if we could truly own our data, I think we could solve a lot of these problems. But in fact, health plans own our data, pharma companies own our data, providers own our data, and we don't really get to have much say over it. It's not that dissimilar to what the financial industry did. And at one point there was a table and all the financial players were sitting around the table and they all had guns pointed at each other wondering who was going to go first and let this data loose for the consumer's benefit. And once that dam broke, all the guns went down, everyone started pushing the data into a format that everybody could use, and they stopped competing on the data. They started competing on what they do with yeah, the data. Absolutely. I wonder if there's particular audiences in healthcare like the VA system and like the Medicare population that might be easier nuts to crack than the general payer population where it's so crowded and it is not very clear. You might have multiple payers paying your claim because you belong to multiple different organizations. I just think that it might be easier not to crack in the Medicare population than in the VA. What do you think about that? Yeah, the role of the government and the ability to aggregate these data sets is formidable. And I think they're probably uniquely positioned in, to do that. Now, I think our audience and I would agree that do they have the technical chops to do that? Would I believe that they're the ones to build that infrastructure? Eh, we probably could all agree that no, the best minds out there are probably in the private sector that are looking to solve these things, but they certainly could give us a playing field that is level, that encourages us to work together to bring that information together in a real way. 30-something years ago, when I was still in college, I interned at General Dynamics in Fort Worth where they build airplanes, but I was lucky enough to get into a software group that was doing AI and when I graduated, felt like, well, geez, everybody's probably doing AI out there. And a few years later, I was at Anderson Consulting, and I decided to join the healthcare group. And I was surprised to no end to find out that not only were they not doing AI in healthcare, they weren't even looking at your data other than processing claims. Now that we're way along that path and we're actually talking about AI in healthcare and we've accumulated all this data by implementing EMRs. How can AI and machine learning help with healthcare communications? You have the magic word there. When we think about machine learning, AI, and we focus a lot on natural language processing as well in our shop, it's applying a lot of these advanced analytics techniques that the Amazons of the world the examples that we were talking about before have already applied 
those can be applied into a healthcare space. When we think about it, it's back to that how people are practicing to the top of their license. We do not believe that AI will replace the human interaction, but we really believe that we can use machine learning about individuals and communication preferences based on their past to be smarter about the way we engage with people and that can support them to take better action. I think there's probably a lot of misunderstanding about where AI can be applied in the healthcare space and it's scary for people. They feel that the Terminator is going to come around the corner and start practicing medicine. And I think what we're talking about is very widely used communication machine learning where you're taking things that can be done by a human sub-second and you're stacking them up to the order of millions per second and doing them all at once. That's what this machine learning can really do is take these very large data sets and apply a lot of small, very basic decisions to a large data set to come out the other side with a much more advanced, much more palatable, much more actionable communication pathway for the individual. At the end of the day, Jeff, what do you want our listeners to think about when they think about Revel? Results. We get results. It's a crowded field when you talk about engagement. It's a crowded field when you talk about all the different electronic, digital, and non-digital ways to communicate with people. But what we hang our hat on at Revel is that we use those communication challenges to get the results that we're all looking for. I love it. I love it. I got to tell you, I wrote down because you said it a couple of times, practicing to the top of their license. I love that. I love that that's your goal. It's exactly the same way we were using AI way back when in science. And I always thought that healthcare could and should be doing that. It makes me so excited that we actually are these days in healthcare. Well, you're spreading the word. We get a lot of the technology leaders and practice leaders to start to communicate in that way. It's less about competing with each other about technologies. It's about collaborating with each other about technologies that's really going to unlock the potential of these very highly trained healthcare individuals that really want to and should practice at the top of their license. Absolutely. Before we let Jeff go, I want everybody to go out to www.revel-health.com. Bookmark that site. Keep up with the great things that Jeff and his team are doing at Revel. Jeff, it was so great to have you on the show. Thanks for stopping by and sharing your great insights. Thank you, Joe. It's a pleasure. Oh, it's our pleasure. That wraps this broadcast on behalf of our guests, Jeff Fritz. I'm Joe Lavelle, and we'll see you soon on Intrepid Healthcare.